Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hi, it's Jeff Horn. You're listening to 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Yes, good evening, sports fans. It's time for yet another edition of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. Yes, it's episode 126 of 365. Pick up sticks. Is that what it is? No. 126, well, pick up rhymes. sticks. There's it does. 66 in bingo, it's pick up sticks. 126, Rob. Mm. In darts, mm. it's a great finish, 126. Triple 20. No. No. Gotta go triple 19 for 126. Ah, yeah. So, triple 19, triple 19, double 6. Mm. Or, if you're going for triple 19, you miss the triple 19, you hit single 19, you then go triple 19 bull. So, you've got to back up. Well, that's quite a complex uh, a, a sort of combination of darts throwing, a, a trio of darts to try and yeah, pull off. tough, beefy. but it's a good one. Sorry, I like don't one. interrupt your opening monologue there. Did you have a bit of a speech worked out until I went I, on my pick-up sticks? Quickly, quick. um, I did, but it's all gone. Um, Jeff Horn, introduce the show. Thanks. Are that, you Jeff. ready for the Battle of Bendigo, Rob? Um, yep, definitely. Next Saturday night, Rob. I'm Jeff excited. Horn yeah. versus Michael Zarafa. Well, so it's 1v. Where's the Zarafa lad from? Um, I'm not sure. I think he is a Melbourne boy, old. Uh, Zarafa. Okay. Um, Why are they going to Bendigo? Because that's where it's all happening, Rob. Okay. Bendigo. Uh, Yeah, Battle of Bendigo. I think they must have put together a good package. Is it on Foxtel pay-per-view? KO? Sure, it's on everything. It's all about the KO right now. Is it? Yeah, into KO, yeah. Well, I'm going to have to get it at some point, yeah. Yeah. Although you can pay as you go, I think. You don't have to get everything all at once. Right. Um, um, I'm not even sure there's a title on the line for old Horn, um, Horn Zarafa. Well, this is a great thing to start off with. Something we don't have any information about. Just that there's, I've a, got information. there's a fight happening in Bendigo between Jeff Horn and this Rafa lad. Yeah, we don't know what's on the line. It's at the Bendigo Stadium on August thirty first. Yep. We don't yep. know where this guy's from. Yeah, we don't know what rank he is. <laughs> Anything. We don't know a lot, do we? Nah. Probably yeah. should, have, should have gone something. Should have done you, some you research. What, what was going on? I just know it's on. That's good. Great, it says, uh, great work. It says the August thirty first Battle of Bendigo for Horn is crucial. That's good. it. That's all it says. That's also quite revelatory. His, isn't his it? team. This is the background. His yeah. team are in discussions for a world title in his next fight, and a lost to Zarafa will destroy those aspirations. Wow. That's what it that, says. That's a great report. I just think yeah. it's. Uh, the, the, basically, the report says this is happening. They want to win because if they lose, it won't be good. <laughs> That's about right. That's the brilliant that is piece about of uh, investigative right. journalism, which uh, you've actually just read off the internet. Yeah, well, that's, where else am I going to read it? I don't know. I'm sick of. I'm, uh, I tell you what's weird. What's weird, Rob? Uh, all by myself. All oh, by no. myself. Don't um, want to be all by. My, it's. Uh, I've gotten so my lovely TK Tess, my partner, has been in Istanbul for. Not five con- days. Not Constantinople. Four, four Istanbul, days. Constantinople. It's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Been no. a long time gone. Constantinople. It's Turkish delight. On a moonlit night. Every girl in Constantinople. Yeah. No, no one knows what you're talking about. Or oh, about great uh, No, I know what you're talking about. We have that in the break. But so, I've, I've totally forgotten how to operate on my own. Well, I, the, I didn't realise how much a, uh, routine, uh, you know, the washing was getting done regularly. Oh, this the could dishes be a, were going... Uh, this uh, could be a wake-up call for you, Rob. All this sort of this stuff is not to happening. take old TK for granted. And I was like, oh, gosh, this is... And, and um, 
I'm just sort of confused. I don't really? really. Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to. How did I used to operate at all? Well, and I'm, I'm not sure I want to go time, back, Rob, I'm and I'm sure pretty I, sure I, it's probably the same way. Well, I don't. I don't think I want to go back to just sort of buying a. Can't you just go and hang on, hang out at Narong for a couple of weeks? <laughs> <laughs> no, because that <laughs> that place is quite clean and tidy now. Oh, is it? And they've got like nice furniture, and it's quite styled. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just uh, basically once I announced I was leaving about two weeks before that, they just cleaned out all the, the rosy couches went, the oh, Kath and Kim couches. Can't believe that. And uh, everything was tidied up. Out mm. uh, in with the new. Yeah. Out with oh, the old, well. well and truly. So what do you do with yourself in the evenings? Oh, I don't know. I play a bit of guitar on the couch. And, uh, you haven't I'll recorded watch, our um, Nick Kyrgios thing yet. And I yet can't, you've got I've, all I, this time I to I don't yourself. have the bloody technology to do that beefy oh, i've told you <sighs> almost i was actually at work and i went to wang around on the weekend though up the wang yeah played a bit around a golf hit the ball well pretty pleased oh finally yeah yeah Because yeah. last time we talked about your golf it was horrendous yeah no no i turned it around turn it around what's yeah. the what's been the change in the rob bryce swing keep the right leg anchored no swaying. Keep as still as you can. Even swing with a, with a smidgen more aggression. I was going too soft on it. Just a touch more aggression. So it's just a bit smoother. And just hit through the ball and extend the hands down the fairway. And look at it go. I tell you. Hey, Wales is number one rugby team in um, the world. Do you want some other news? Oh, okay. Steve Smith is out for the third test. I did hear that. He's out. Gone. And isn't this crazily mirroring the 2005 Ashes? Yes. With Glenn McGrath getting, going out, you know, yeah. who was previous man of the match in the first game. Mm, and it's quite so unbelievable. The English getting a little bit of vibe back in the second game. Joffre Archer. Oh, um, that was a sickening blow. Didn't like that. Poor old Steve Smith. He took a real hit there. <sighs> yeah, he did. And it seems stupid. I can't understand these little rubber protectors that are going on the back of helmets. Yeah. He says he doesn't like them. They feel uncomfortable, but they don't actually, I don't think they interfere with you. I know he's, the problem with Steve Smith is he's quite fidgety. Yeah, he is. And I suppose that does get in the way. A lot of batsmen don't use them. Very, in fact, very, I don't, I think they came in for a little bit and now they're pretty much all gone. Everyone's gotten rid of it. Mm, No, well, I don't know. I haven't really. And that really was such a freakish strike, that one. I actually thought Labuschagne's was was quite interesting. He got that second yeah, ball. Yeah, that I mean, was that scary as well. Smashed him right in the face. It's something about Archer, just like the way he approaches the wicket. He, he doesn't look like he's going to be quick, and then it's just lightning. I had to slow mo his action to try and see how he was generating any pace, apart from just that he's just extremely naturally gifted. He obviously is that as well, but he is actually got the his front leg stiff and mm. and he's tucking the elbow in and and he's just obviously timing is exceptional. He does amble in and he's he's not even really that explosive in the crease. It's just one of those perfect actions with a quick arm. Yeah, considering I mean one ball he bowled ninety six point eight mile yeah, an hour. Yeah, I saw that. I mean that's in the top five percent of bowl, fastest bowlers of all time. Mm. So that's pretty rapid. What a loss for the West Indies. And Lords isn't that quick a pitch either. You know, you get him at the Oval when the Test Series may be on the line. Mm. Um, Steve Smith's back in Australia with a few headaches. Is he, he has actually come I back, has he? Probably not. He was looking... I saw some pictures of him at training today and he looked sick. Okay. He genuinely did look ill. Yeah. So it's no surprise they've pulled him out. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a good, uh, good vision. They didn't enjoy that much at all. Now... Um, actually, we were going to go into why Wales are the best rugby nation on earth at the moment. Well, they're not world champions. 
No, true. So you We're can't. just ranked number one in the you're world. You're ranked number one, but you're not world champions. You also haven't played the All Blacks in the last uh, probably five years. No, definitely. Have you played, played since 2015 World Cup? Yeah, I think you, you came I think over we, and played us in seven, 2017. I reckon we kept missing you all the time. You definitely played us 2017. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was it. And then we toured New Zealand, didn't we? When was that? We had a couple of games. Mm. We kept you kept you honest for an hour in each test. Oh, yeah, yeah, I and think then, you remember. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, apparently New Zealand refused to play us last time round. Refused? Yeah. Well, because there's too many games. Why would they? What do you mean refused? Oh, I think they got what offered. What a load of rubbish. <laughs> what is that? I think they got offered and they didn't want to bother. But Wales are playing New Zealand next year, by the way. After the World Cup. After the World Cup. So June, July, I think it is. Three. Well, surely the World Cup can decide it. Who's the best oh, yeah, in the world? Oh, no doubt. I, I see Eddie Jones after we beat England, snuck yeah. by England. Eddie Jones in his true mm. reverse psychology mindset. Yeah. Say, Wales are now the favourites to win the World Cup. After getting smashed by England's reserve team 33-19 yeah. last week. Yeah. And only beating England 13-6. Yeah. And nearly throwing it away late on, by the way. You're only as good as your last game? Well, true, we won. We beat England. Based on that, we're probably pretty good contenders too. 36-0. 36-0. What a turnaround from, from like our worst defeat ever. Uh, you know what I keep hearing at the end of the game? The commentator saying, amazing, great, greatest victory of all time for Australia, dominated, smash, highest margin ever, most points scored. New Zealand were down a man for the second half, but that wasn't relevant. They were outplayed. Not relevant, apparently. Not relevant Just, at all. Not relevant. Oh, yeah. It is yeah. quite amazing how... Um, uh, but this is why Australian media is so oh, annoying. Definitely. One win, one, yeah, and all of a sudden they try to <laughs> flip it and just like because that's actually that's one fun thing though too is being on the Australian media side yeah. as they present in the game and the guys trying to chat to Kerry beforehand. He opens up his first question is so Kieran, obviously for you guys fair bit of soul searching during the week. He's just like soul searching. <laughs> nah, nah, we're just changing changing the game plan a little bit. Do yeah. a few things different and just like <laughs> nah, just wasn't gonna bite. Just wasn't even going near it and then go out and proceed to just wipe them off the park. Yeah. What I found quite amazing about uh, the whole wallaby thing was they've ignored the fact that they only just snuck by Argentina. Mm-hmm. They got walloped by South Africa. Yeah. And, you know, they did manage to beat the All Blacks. Mm-hmm. But it's like their form over the past few years is abysmal. And yet just by the fact they beat New Zealand once with a man in the they bin. They just went mental. Yeah. Utterly mental. It's crazy. But what I was going to talk about is I, I think the sin bin is killing rugby. Right. In terms of the advantage you can get with fourteen, mm. uh, 15 on 14, it's quite phenomenal. But if you're breaking the rules, you know, if, if it's a legitimate I, no, 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 sin no, this bin. This is no. where I'm going to tell you now. This oh. is where, where I'm going to You've got a new from. solution, have you? Well, kind of. It's a bit like power play in ice hockey. If you are 15, 14 up and mm. you score a try, yeah. that should be the end of the sin bin. Okay. So you, your player can come back. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, So instead right. of having advantage 10 over. Minutes, advantage it? over, yeah. Yeah. Back to 15 men. So mm. in ice hockey, if you're down a man, you can see the goal on the power play, you're back up to full strength. Okay. Well, that's, I think that's, that's right. kind of the, the more evolutional change that, they, that yeah. will be made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Is it in discussion? I don't know. Or it should are, be. are you putting it into the stratosphere now? I think the world, the IRB, should come to the beef for a lot of uh, a lot of changes. For <laughs> you did have rugby. another good one at one point. I can't uh, remember what it was. Rugby based? Yeah, rugby rugby union based. I, I'll one. tell you the other one I've always thought about is they should reduce the length of the half to thirty five minutes and stop the clock at kicks. Uh, they don't do that. No, you mean, kicks, kicks oh. the time the clock runs. Okay, and the amount of time wasting. But what's the advantage of that? Oh, the time wasting. Oh. Yeah. Right. On average, is what 
15 kicks a goal a game, I'm thinking, probably 10. I mean, I know Wales England wasn't. I would say near a 10. Yeah, 10. There is at least a minute plus wasted on each kick. Yeah, right. Penalties, conversions. Quite the routine. Yeah. I think 35 minutes each way. Oh, God, yeah. So I think ball in play type deal, but when a try scored and a try's given, clock stops. Kick the conversion. I don't notice the length, though. I got it in rugby. So, so much. As if you're used to watching AFL, it gets well, done pretty yeah. quick. Actually, I told you about this. I actually mm-hmm. saw this a half, nearly a full half of AFL on the weekend, Rob. Shock horror! Brisbane. It was one versus two. So if I two. decided now that Brisbane might actually win, you thought, oh, maybe I'll have a look. I was intrigued because it was one versus two. Mm. And I thought, oh, it could be an interesting game. But yeah. it, what was it, 64-63? So it was a one-point game. It was a one-point game. game. So and Brisbane were good. down by three goals with five They were down by 19 points at one stage. Yeah, so that but was lucky. Brisbane looked the goods. I tipped nine out of nine. Oh, congratulations. A free yeah. whopper for... Uh... I've come storming back Chautauqua because everyone else got like four for the round. And Chautauqua. I got I got nine. Chautauqua, I've you were stuck come... in the gates, Rob. I'm Chautauqua, no, and when he was in his good form <laughs> and he flies down the straight from nowhere yeah. and all of a sudden I'm only two behind the leader wow. from being like bottom of the table most of the way. Uh, weirdly enough, considering I don't even watch AFL, I was mm-hmm. top of the league in, our, in the uh, tipping for tipping yeah. in our work. Place. I can't imagine there'd be too many people in Australia that tip nine this week. Was there any upsets? Yeah, loads. What? It was mental. No, was it? I just oh. pitched just paying bebop and the scat and Roberto Bryas on form. The old, uh, what's, the, what's the tipping one that goes, uh, Kiss of Death. He's mm. the tipster in the paper that he always goes reverse. Oh, yeah, he does reverse, yeah. yeah. But he was leading, I think, early in the <laughs> early yeah, in the yeah. year. Yeah, I, um, and I missed, I missed the quaddy by half a nose. Half um, a nose at Caulfield on the weekend. I told you about mine, didn't I? Yep. Unbelievable. What do you want to tell the people? Storm. Tell the people about the Melbourne Storm. This is so, the last leg of Beefy's <coughs> nine leg. Yeah. Multi. It wasn't the last leg. It was just one of one the legs because it was Saturday afternoon. Yeah. So I, I don't bet too often, but I was a uh, was a loose end this weekend. Really mm. thought, oh, I'll have a little bet, and a fairly much short price favourites whacked to through local um, rugby league Aussie rules. Mm. So nine matches. Thought, easy. Yeah, and Melbourne Storm, who never, ever lose at home. Like, yeah. they've probably lost once in the last 50 home games. Mm. They're playing Canberra, who are lower table, and they're 18 nil up. Yep. Lost 20 to 18. Yeah. yeah. So, out of a nine-match accumulator, they were the only loss, and it probably, uh, uh, yeah, I'm only $50. You'd be not thrilled with that. I wasn't thrilled, because it but was But that could have been $1,000. I think I was uh, yeah. due to win. It's a bit of a disappointing one. A little bit. But this is our Love the Game, Not the Odds segment. Love the Game, Not the Odds. Yeah, yeah. Is that a new segment, Rob? The, that, that's, that's, a, no, that's a slogan that's thrown around all the time of people trying to stop people from punting, because oh, yeah. Australia's sickness with gambling. It is a sickness. And that, that was our segment and All right, dedication. Love the game. Love the so, game, yeah, don't the bet because you lose if yeah. Melbourne Storm win in 18-0 against the lower table opposition mm-hmm. and crumble to lose 2018 and yeah. cost the beef 950 notes. Poor old beef. <laughs> Pick yourself up. You'll be all right. right. I'm definitely, I'm picking myself up. Yeah. You know, a bit of fun. Oh, and New Zealand lost the cricket against Sri Lanka. Yeah. Terrible loss. Some idiot tried to post his test team for the next game on a Facebook page somewhere yeah he's dropped Kane Williamson oh the captain dropped the dropped Kane Probably Williamson the, the top captain, three the best, batsmen in the world yeah, at the moment uh, that's right yeah he's yeah. just not good enough for him. he said he's the worst captain and the worst batsman he's ever seen right yeah so good good logic there from whoever the that worst captain was. and the worst batsman yeah yeah I, I've known quite a few uh, <laughs> New Zealanders <laughs> I can't comment on his captaincy. I haven't watched too much of the Kiwis in Test match cricket, but yeah. uh, he's definitely Blair not the worst. Blair 
Hartland. Two metre Peter. He at least had a few good innings. Yeah. Peter Fulton. Yeah. Oh, there's too many to mention. Yeah, it's it's great fun. Mm. The worst New Zealand cricket team of all time. You can get some crackers Kane in there. Williamson. Wasn't he ranked number one batsman in the world as well at some stage? Um, well, he got... I think he finished with the highest average for the oh, okay. cricket, cricket World Cup. So he well, got, he was that's man why he got man of, man of the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Craziness. There we go. Don't get involved with internet forums, Rob. I thought you'd be on I that. don't ever write anything. Yeah. I, I, but I've been reading this one of late. I just, I, and I have actually left it now. Because it's just driving me too nuts. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Just, just getting too involved. In the- well, the thing is, to be fair, most people are fairly moderate, and they actually just have a genuine discussion. Yeah. But with but then there's others who assume an aggressive tone all the time. You can read the same thing so many different ways if you want to. <laughs> My brother was shocking for whenever he'd read anything, he would read it as if the person was a complete muppet. Yeah. And and he would tear it to shreds all the time. If you just say something in a nice voice, oh, that was actually a fairly harmless comment, wasn't it? <laughs> all about tone all right well we oh, will p- this is one thing i want to say about Go on, the rugby. just say it. so uh, what's his name alan jones has had all this rubbish with the yeah. sock sock down the throat comment talking yeah, about yeah. jacinda ardern i think she made a she made a fairly from what i can recall uh measured comment about um new zealand <laughs> new zealand convicted criminals here well convicted criminals who <laughs> actually grew up in australia since year dot but have still have new zealand passport and yeah. effectively league on paper new zealand citizens and to send them back to new zealand is probably not so wise you know, perhaps you know, there's certain cases like that. Yeah. The vast, I mean, you're well within your rights to do whatever you want, but maybe just case by case basis. Anyway, all the the righties now yeah. <laughs> on this occasion have gone mental, angry at Jacinda Ardern and Alan Jones and his rage field rant. Told her she should shove a sock down her throat and, no, meant, he, he, and he, meant to say put a sock in it. Well, he actually was requesting that Scott Morrison get a sock and shove it down, shove her, it down her throat. <laughs> Just in, just in his yeah. throat. I so I don't think he really. So it's I don't not a, even not a wise choice of words. I don't even think it was a like he misspoke. He knew what he was saying, but he just he just didn't realise quite how aggressive it came across. Yeah, all he meant to probably say was shut up, but he chose some pretty <laughs> he yeah. chose some just pretty like, awful yeah. choice of language there, which uh, has all sorts of different connotations. You know, he was coach of the Wallabies. Yeah, well, this is what I'm getting towards. Oh, okay, so Jacinda's sorry. actually the Australian media wants to get on this and see mm. what her response is, and sure enough, she comes back and says, "Oh, look, I don't care what Alan Joe. I mean, it's it's, it's criticism. <laughs> if you're a prime minister of a country, criticism just comes with the job. It's part of it. So I don't. Mm. I'm not phased about you know any sort of retaliation. I mean, to be frank. The best source of revenge is a Blitters Low Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as I said, he's ex-Wallaby coach. So I he thought is. that was a very classy response from Jacinda once I, again. I don't understand how he... And I wasn't in Australia between... I think, when did he quit? 85, 86, or when yeah, did he finish up? I think about 87 I even. Do, like, yeah. I don't understand the gap between him being Wallaby coach and where he is now as this political Yeah, yeah, that's, kind of I find it amazing too. Yeah, it's just strange. When, when did this sort of... I mean, for someone who's a coach, when I think of New Zealand coaches, none of them are anything like that. <laughs> no. Not uh, even close. And They're all fairly Same in Wales. Like, there would be no one that would ever get involved in broadcasting or anything like And B. Well, well to the point of being such a... a <laughs> so regularly... Oh, uh, it is regular as well. A shock jock of sort. No, that's, he does like to go by that. Uh, mm. But a shock jock for the AM generation as well. That's yeah. the worst thing. He is rabble-rousing the 55 to 75-year-olds. <laughs> still. Still, and that's the thing. And I understand, like, at the moment, obviously, I, I always take the piss of embrace the progressiveness and all stuff, because there yeah. is a lot of silly progressive ideas out there at the moment, and some conservative ideas are becoming more attractive to me in my thinking at times. All oh, right, okay. But... 
can't wait I, to hear I, those. I, right? It's case by case basis, and and he just no matter what, if something on the on the left has a suggestion, he yeah. just is rubbishes it. He's a contrarian. Yeah, he's, totally. he's a. A counterpoint. Oh, I can't say that on there. There's another word to that. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a, a counterpoint chap. Yes, a default position of being the opposite. Like it. Mm. Like it. Yeah, with that. Hi, this is Toddy Goldsmith, and you're listening to 88.3 Southern FM. Oh, Toddy in early doors. I've got to say, yeah, Toddy in well, very early tonight. Bit of New Zealand news. Oh, yep. But right in your wheelhouse, I think, Rob. Oh, yeah, we'll see. What about this? What? A man who reneged on a $10,000 bet about the earth being flat was threatened with a crossbow. Hang on. So he bet that it, that it was flat. Yeah. And then the guy and, and so thought they shook was, on it. And yeah. the guy said, I bet you ten grand is not flat. Yeah. How old are these people? Uh, Jane, Jamie Matthew Sutherland, 36. has since 36? <laughs> has since apologised for threatening to kill Louis Lanz and is no longer seeking the $10,000 he believed he won in the bet. The charge was dismissed by Judge Bernadette Farnan when he appeared at the Queenstown District Court on Tuesday. Queenstown. Queenstown, yeah. Mm. It's all happening in Queenstown. Lanz told the court he talked about his flat earth theory while drinking wine and eating oysters with Sutherland at Queenstown Botswana Butchery Restaurant. Mm -hmm. The outing was paid for by Sutherland with money inherited from his mother. We joked and I said, I bet you $10,000 the earth is flat. Mm -hmm. We shook hands and he said, you owe me $10,000. The pair were on their first drink and pretty much sober. That night Sutherland reiterated that he believed Lanz owed him the money. I said, you have to prove it. And he said... No, I don't. It's round. <laughs> he then ran into Sutherland sometimes later, sometime later, and Sutherland said, I want my money. Yeah. I told him many times that it was a joke. He just didn't take it that way. Mm. On February the 14th, the men saw each other again at Frankton Corner, and Sutherland <laughs> demanded the money again. Mm-hmm. He said, if you don't pay it, I'll get a crossbow, I'll shoot you and your father. I'll put you in the trunk, and I'll never see you again. For 10 grand. For 10 grand. It was quite a shock at the time, and Lanz repeated the threat to his father, who asked him to contact police. Sutherland, apparently, could be a little bit unstable at times. What a nutter. Uh, Lanz believed Sutherland was desperate for the money and did not think he would shoot him. He did not want the court to convict Sutherland. I haven't seen Jamie since. I hope he's learned his lesson to stay away from us. I hope he's doing better and we can all move on. The problem is, this Lanz guy... He also believed the NASA moon landing was fake, right. Albert Einstein was used to hoodwink the public, and the government was involved in the Christchurch mosque attacks. So he's been on the old YouTube, and he's, <laughs> yeah. he's just been hacking away and finding some of the old theories here and yeah. there. Lanz oh, also admitted gosh. he had previously been convicted for making a bomb threat on an Air New Zealand flight. I was intoxicated the night before. So is this the crossbow a... guy, or yeah, is this, this the is guy? The, this is the crossbow guy. So the crossbow guy is the bomb threat plane guy. Yeah, NASA and, moon and the landings, yeah. and the the flat earther. He's in all the conspiracy theories. Yeah, the government's involved in the mosque attacks. Yeah, yeah good old government because they love a bit of mosque yeah. action in Christchurch. Yeah, because yeah, he also threatened a bomb on Air New Zealand. So New Zealand Kiwis, Rob. Mm. Absolutely. Now, talking about Kiwis, I have to do uh, this. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear among because the words don't fit and the song is shit. You're a talentless kid. You suck! Now... Friend of the show, Gavin Ingham, who's still sick with gingivitis. Okay. He he basically demanded that I play this for you because it's apparently it's a remix of the New Zealand national anthem, so he calls it. A remix. 
dubstep remix. This is just going to get me annoyed. Oh, it's horrendous. It's not oh. the real worst song in the world. This is... Yeah, but see, he's not even here so I can abuse it. <laughs> I know. Like, he's brought this into the show. Without even being on the show. And he's not even here. He hasn't turned up. No, hasn't turned up again. Do I have to listen to this? We're going to play it for a little bit. It's, it is awful. I have to warn you. It's not even the worst song in the world, Rob. Yeah. I've got some greater stuff for that. The New Zealand's moved beyond having bad anthems. We've this, we did this in the 80s and 90s. It's done. It's dusted. So, we don't need to be going to dubstep anthems. We've already had this horrendous Air New Zealand plane song. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll have a quick listen. I'm going to turn off very soon because it is that bad. This isn't actually the national anthem. Yeah, send it to me, Rob. Are you into your dubstep, Rob? I'm just waiting to see where it hits. This obviously isn't the national anthem. Mentally, I think I think you meant to be on the LSD. Just sounds like the guy from Police Academy. Oh, Michael Weaver. Yeah. He's still on tour doing that stuff. Yeah, I think he is. He's hanging in there with the sound effects. <laughs> but there's still more sound effects to be made. How you feeling, Rob? You feeling homesick? No. About the dubstep version of so well, it's Dave nice of heaven yeah. for a start. So it doesn't actually. It's not the national anthem. No. Well, if some moron wants to just muck around with slice of heaven on a disc, that's not going to offend me. I don't really like the song in the first place. Because that's the bottom line. Gavin can have Dave Dobbin. He's ginger and a Christian. <laughs> I don't mind this guy. Dubstep? Isn't this just techno? No, yeah, it's just dance music. It's not really dubstep. Real. Dubstep's more like reggae. It can be. Could be dubstep. It's not real. No, it's dance. It's just a dance music. It's just a remix. That's it. I get enough it. Of that. I get it. Yeah. I, I, not what I was expecting. Really? I, I'm not that angry. I was expecting like... Um, one of these one of the New Zealand dub bands. Who's the main one? Fat Freddy's Drop. Salmonella Dub. Fat Freddy's Drop. Oh, yeah. Or Salmonella Dub, one of them. Yeah. I was expecting them to do their version of the national, the actual national anthem. Because Perhaps they did. This, of course, is not the national anthem. That's Slice of Heaven by yeah. Dave Dobbin and Herbs. And the Herbs. 
It's not the herbs, it's just herbs. Oh, is it just herbs? Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm not, we've all the Dave Dobbins. And um, the song's never done much for me anyway, so mm. I've just heard it's a bit of a remix well, it was of, only of kind a song of, that doesn't it only kind really of bother me that much. It really so. made a, a massive leap forward because mm. of the Foot Rock Flats film, didn't it? It was a synchronised release. It was the song oh. for the film. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> mm. I just knew it was in the film. I thought it was already a song that lived. I, I don't think so. I, right. I'm, I'm sure that the, the video, the original video, has clips from the film in it. Right, okay. I didn't know that. So, I just knew it was in the film. Nice attempt to annoy me, Gav, but you failed. <laughs> you can't annoy um, me. You can't Gav, annoy me with a remix of something that I already don't really like yeah. anyway. Gav, you, have, you have to ruin something I do like. See? Gav did say that it was only in honour of the fact that the All Blacks beat uh, Australia 36 nil. He, he gave that to you as a gift. Oh, right. Yeah. Anyway, the real Pretty worst gift. The real worst uh, song in the world is Bledisloe Cup, Rugby World Cup related and New Zealand related. Okay. Yeah, they're called the Heimlich Manoeuvres. The Heimlich Manoeuvres. Heimlich Manoeuvres in the park or something. Okay. It's called... Is this a recent release? No. No, definitely this goes, isn't. Goes well back. Uh, it is to do with them being awarded the 200, 200, 2015 World Cup. Okay. So that's how it does go back to about 2010. Hang on. But it's, it's to do with them winning the 2015 World Cup. No, no, no. Being awarded the 2015 hosting rights. No. What did the, when did they host? New Zealand. Yeah. 2011. Okay. To do with that then. Sorry. Okay. It's, it's actually quite good. I, I actually quite appreciate this. I actually, yeah, yeah. I, actually I, just, I actually quite appreciate this. Yeah, I did. I actually did quite. There is you a, think it's quite good? I do actually. It's quite. I think you'll appreciate it. This is a celebration of being awarded the rights to win the World Cup. I think is it is. Right? The Rugby World Cup 2011, 2011. hosted yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah. Ready? Helen Clark called when she got the word. And she said, I suppose you've heard. About Web Ellis We pulled a few strings And put forward our case You should have seen The look on Trevor Mellard's face When the IRB Said Web Ellis is yours Oh I don't know how we got it It should have been Japan I guess they got their reasons But I just don't give a damn Cause for 24 years we
got hold of our bones. Au revoir, rebellious. Oh, three in Australia was a bit of a shock when Carlos passed to that bald Gitmot lock. <laughs> And Georgie said, You got four more years, mate. <laughs> Yeah. That actually is very good. It was very good. It tells a story. It, uh, and uh, every single one of those moments, I remember all too clearly. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, I, when I uh, found that. I'm I, surprised. That was pretty good. That really was pretty good. It was. It was in honour of the... Steve, you can find out who's in the Heim- Heimlich manoeuvres. Okay. Yeah, we will. We'll have a look at that when right. uh, when we go through. Um, but good work on the worst song again. Thoroughly just quite week. enjoyable. Every week. It's, yeah. Uh, the worst thing. Is it the worst thing? It could be the best thing. I've actually got like three or four in reserve now, Rob. But things happen during the week. Gosh. And I thought, oh, I need to have a look at that. And uh, this pops up and mm-hmm. quite interesting. I love it. But anyway, Gavin's thing. Yeah. Not totally inconsequential. Totally bit like, irrelevant. Bit like Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> I think the absence speaks for itself. He is I, listening. I, I had mine. no idea gingivitis lasted so long. <laughs> it's permanent. It's for about Gav. six months and counting. Yeah, it is yeah. permanent for Gav. Yeah. Uh, sports news, Rob. You got some more. You got. Oh, Let's hear it. Should we do Nick Kyrgios? Even though you haven't done the Steam. Oh, I love Kyrgios. Well, the uh, I couldn't see the actual spitting. The spitting in this report is like an afterthought. Uh, they're kind of at the end of the match. They reckoned it may not have been a deliberate spit towards the umpire, okay. but the timing and what's happened in the match probably hasn't gone in his favour. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll do the report. Rough day for Nick Kyrgios ended as the Australian erupted at the chair umpire, Fergus Murphy, during and after his third round match of the Cincinnati Masters against Karen Kachanov. Throughout the match, the 24-year-old was visibly frustrated at Murphy's judgment at the 25-second shot clock. The world number 27 complained how quickly Murphy was reset the shot clock, leaving the Australian without any time to use his towel and to do his serving routine. So then he goes into this rant. Right. I think I've heard the rant. The one. I know what he, what he references it's during Rafa, this rant. Rafa is playing that quick. Hilarious. I didn't actually realise what set off the, the, the ranting and raving. So basically, Kiros was missing returns or the ball right. was getting past him. And as I, soon I, don't, as I don't recall him being a player that takes a long time to serve. I call him being well, pretty quick. What? Well, this is what Nick was saying. What What he's basically saying was the referee umpire was as soon as the point was literally finished, he would reset the serving clock to 25 seconds. He wasn't waiting for them to get reset or walk right, to the back okay. of the court. He was basically pressing yeah. reset on the clock straight away. Okay. And that's what Nick was getting upset with because Rafa, I saw some footage this week on an average serve, of average first serve, yeah. Rafa takes 43 seconds. Whoa. Whereas okay. 
this guy, they did the clocks, mm. simultaneous clocks, and Kyrgios was like 26 seconds. Okay. So, no wonder bloody yeah, uh, that, that, Nadal that's... takes so long, his matches. Yeah, that that would make me pretty angry. Because yeah. I, I, I just don't ever recall, in fact, I remember him being ludicrously fast for his serving sometimes. There might have been a game where he's trying to throw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that set him off. Uh, I'll play this, I can't remember. Oh, I did this the other day, so I can't really remember what's in it, but let's mm. play it anyway. Every single time I play, he's doing some stupid. Every time. Going by Lane Shell Sportsman like Conduct. Point penalty, Mr. Gary Right now. We go bathroom. If we relate to go back to what happened at the US Open with Mohamed Leani. He can't talk to him. Yeah. But he's now just ignored Fergus Murphy. Yeah. So that's him going to the toilet. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. He took two records well, with him. Well, it's not allegedly. He did go in there. He but... went in there. But uh, this is uh, this is the commentators after this bit. Fergus Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> None, I think, still. <laughs> Time. No. Come on, Nick. You don't get time I'm for that. More racket, bro. You don't get time for it. <laughs> Time violation warning. Picked up a time violation. He can serve the ball. He can serve the ball. He can serve the ball. I'm ready. I'm returning, bro. Serve the ball. Serve it. So he got fired. He got done for a time violation. He was standing in the court trying to fix his record. He said, "I'm here. Just serve." Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But this Fergus Murphy is an Irishman, right? So um, he basically, Nick came out and goes, why do I have to put up with this potato? The umpire. The umpire, Fergus Murphy, yeah. yeah. Why do I have to put up with this potato in the chair? (laughs) (laughs) Every time! Um, But yeah, he he goes, after the match finished, Kyrgios refused to shake Murphy's hand and spat on the floor near Murphy's chair and said, you're an effing tool, bro, Mm. before storming off the court. Yeah. So then, the ATP have stepped in yesterday or day before. Mm. Kyrgios was then fined 113,000 US dollars yeah. by the ATP for his outburst for when he swore and berated the umpire, smashed a couple of raggets. Kyrgios was fined for ball abuse, unsportsmanlike conduct, five times, mm-hmm. leaving the court, audible obscenities, and verbal abuse during the loss. In addition to the fines, the ATP said it is investigating whether to see if further action is warranted under the player major offensive guidelines. Violations could result in additional fines and even suspension. So Kyrgios is 24, ranked 27, and uh, repeatedly gotten in trouble for on-court actions and getting kicked out of the Italian opening <laughs> Italian Open in May after throwing a chair and being suspended by the ATP in 2016 for not trying to win and insulting fans during the Shanghai Masters. Uh. Uh. Um, so, obviously that's no way to behave. Obviously. Um, the spitting is the most worrying part. I th- I, when I first heard, I thought yeah. he actually spat on the amp- umpire. Yeah. Which is clearly no no good at all. No. But it's not quite so bad if it's just sort of on the fl- ground. It's not. It's no way to behave. No, and I certainly, certainly not and, want to condone any of any of that behaviour. Oh, no. Should not be condoned. And in the context of what's happening, you really don't need to do it. No. But what I just I just can't help but 
his case for losing his mind is actually pretty reasonable. He can't behave like that. That's a poor no, way no, of yeah, dealing yeah, yeah. with it. Very yeah. poor way of dealing with it. But if he's only going over by one second over, the, and he's starting it as the moment the point finishes, that seems a little overzealous so he, to me. He's Almost like he's he, trying to get him or he something. He came out and he said, if Rafa is serving yeah. at 25 seconds... I'm retiring from tennis now. You will never hear from me again. He basically says, show me the footage of Rafa serving in 25 seconds and I'm finished. I'm done. I'll yeah. shut my mouth. And he's right because I said I saw the video. I've seen the video. Mm. 43 seconds on average. Yeah, right. That's not even even taking a long... That does seem a long time. 43 seconds. Yeah. I mean, I've seen all his fidgeting and everything he does and every little bloody thing. He's like Steve Smith. Yeah. Um, just, just, just ridiculous. So in that regard, I, th- I think the umpire's call was, was harsh. Mm. Um, but the, he could have found a wiser way with which to try and reason with the umpire than just go off and <laughs> abuse him and smash two tennis rackets in the bathroom and lose his mind. But I think he's obviously so enraged. He, uh, uh, yeah, it's, It seems to be the little things. What was it last week? He went mental because he didn't have a white towel. I can't remember that one. It was just, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> just the things that get yeah. to him. But I'm back to more laughing about it than I am because I was, I was genuinely appalled when I thought I heard that he'd spat on on the yeah. on the umpires. What I heard, but that was not right. Mm. The worst Quite thing amazing. is, he's 130 he, grand. That's a hiding. It was 165 Australian, yeah, 113 right. US. Yeah. The problem I've got now, not for how, how no much problem. did he win at that tournament that he won. Well, that's a good question. Probably 200 at yeah. least, I would yeah. imagine. I did read here, he's 1.7.77 million now. After the, He's been um, fined. No, no, he's won. That's he's his prize, won. prize money after the City Open last week. That's a good good wedge. Yeah. yeah. He's still only 20. What was the age group? 26. 24, they reckon he is. Yeah. It's not bad for a 24-year-old. <laughs> what I was going to say is, yep. now, he, now the players are starting to see him react to these things. Mm. Surely, he's just going to get in these dogfights. Every game, if the players are going to be pragmatic or tactical about it, they're either going to go slow mm. or do stupid things to annoy him, and he's just going to go off his tree. Going to lose his lose the lot. Well, he's certainly the only person that's going to be able to sort him out is himself, because he or his coach. He, he, or his coach? he doesn't have a coach, but. He seems to me like the sort of guy that would never, ever listen to anyone. No. Or he'll just nod and say, yeah, yeah, I hear you, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll just go out the window, totally. I, I just don't know how long he's going to be able to keep it up for. The Mac- McEnroe, he, he backed it off. After. He was always sort of an argue over a line call or something. Yeah. He never went to this extreme. He might have shouted a bit, but it didn't carry on the whole game, and it didn't. <laughs> I think McEnroe used it to spur himself on a lot of the time. Yeah. Whereas Kyrgios, it just gets in his head, and he just explodes. He implodes, I should say. <laughs> um, it's, it's becoming ridiculous. Yeah, just he gets, he gets hooked on it. He can't let it go. And, and yet, the week before where he won that tournament in Washington, mm. he was flavor of the month because, uh, you know, he was going to the crowd. Yeah, and yeah, he's having a great laugh. Apparently, um, his best mate, Andy Murray, came out and said, um, uh, the incident on Wednesday is not good for tennis. I chatted to him a little bit last night after the match, and it's obviously up to him, I think, for the most part. A couple of weeks ago in Washington, he did a good job of helping himself and using the crowd. But obviously this week, he went back to what he was doing before. You just hope he will figure it out. Mm. So Andy Murray being uh, pretty concise there. Maybe he will figure it out. See, this is the thing. If he really didn't care and, and played this I don't care card mm. so, so often, he wouldn't lose the plot like that. I think he prefers to win if he can. <laughs> yeah, but generally. If he doesn't, he just needs he to... He doesn't care. He doesn't really care if he loses. I reckon he got a proper, like... 
felt like what it was like to win and be liked. And I think he probably actually liked it mm. and wanted to do it again. And then it got taken away sure. from him. Nah. Look, me and you, we don't know him, right? Nah. It'd be interesting to see if it's white line fever type uh, mentality or what he's like after the match. Mm. So after he's lost in a certain way to see how he behaves, whether he comes down after five minutes or whether he comes down after five hours. Yeah. Because then you'd know whether he really did care or not, whether if it affects him or he just moves on, he's lost, he's gone. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's strange because you're not in a team mentality on a on an individual basis. So if you lose, especially in tennis where it's a knockout system, mm. once you lose, you're gone. You're gone from the tournament. You walk away, mm. and you're on to the next week. I guess I would love to know how long it takes him. I know they have to do press conferences and things. And generally, we see him in press conferences. He just seems to have fun in the press conferences mm. now. He does like playing with journalists. Mm. So I don't know. I would be interested, not that I have an interest in sports psychology or anything, but a mentality of sports stars, I do. I am but intrigued by I don't, I'm not sure if there's any real means of comparison. For, or, or a no, case. What, I'm, what I'm thinking about is you talk about if he cares or whether he wins or loses. It would be interesting to see how quickly after a match, especially when he's lost in that type of circumstance, does it take for him to get out of that mentality or he's lost the match, he walks away, doesn't think about it again. Or it does. he does stew on it. It for mm. hours yeah. thinking about oh I could have done this I could have done this because he hasn't got a coach he hasn't got anyone to talk him through what he did right or what he did wrong or just give him any sort of support whatsoever or anything <laughs> anything it's weird I wonder how many other players in the top 150 don't have a coach there can't or, be any does he have like an admin person to book his <laughs> itinerary that's a great question. Surely. He sure he's not a, booking his own flights. He must have a manager. I'm sure. Yeah. That's, that's someone cool, a call. That's, that'd be interesting. That's who that we should get on, Rob. Totally. We should get on Nick Kiros's travel agent. Yeah. Mm. See what sort of insight they've got. <laughs> that would be very funny. Oh, that is... Uh, oh, yeah. I'm I'm quite hooked on that, by the way. Okay. Well, let's yeah. do it. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top ten. <laughs> Are you excited? I could be. It depends if you pick this top ten from the same list as you got it last week, because that. Well, I got, I had a, I, I've got a mix, but well, should I start off with that one? Because that one actually goes up to the top. Well, goes up to number forty. No, we'll just do the top tens, and the then what tens. I'm going to do? Because let's be honest, whatever top ten we come up with is going to be a top nine. Because yeah, you can't argue about Bradman. Really, you know, he averages ninety nine point nine four. Yawn, yawn, yawn. There's no doubt that Bradman was the greatest of all time, and you can't really argue it. 6,996 runs, Mm -hmm. only 52 tests, but uh, just a ridiculous amount. We did find out in the break, Rob, in his first-class career, he never hit a six. Nah. Six sixes in test cricket, but never hit a six in first-class cricket, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Keep it on the ground, Rob. Let's battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get out that way. So this is the top. This is from the mental Indian side. (laughs) Yeah. First off, oh, that's number one, right. Javid. Mi- oh no, the Indian number, side. Number, well, I think it's them number two. one, Tendulkar. Mostly Pakistani. Oh, Indian. Pakistan. I thought, yeah. Number ten, yeah. Sir Garfield Sobers. Well, he's in my top ten, Rob. Really? Yeah, he averaged fifty-seven. I didn't. I didn't actually. I was, I was gonna. I don't know his stats. I knew he was obviously the greatest yeah. all-rounder. Oh yeah, but I didn't know he averaged that high. Now, this is a great little statistic for you, Rob, with Garfield Sobers. Mm. He is the highest average for anyone that's got seven thousand test runs. Wow. Because Bradman, I just told you, 6996. Right. So if you go to the 7,000 limit, 
Sobers is number one mm-hmm. in terms of test average. So there you go. Big, he was big boozer, Gary Sobers. Oh. Right? He was featured special on Greatest Sporting Benders. Oh, was he? Yeah, he oh. didn't, didn't sleep that night, remember? Or he, he, he said he could. he's one of those guys who could get by and no sleep. He tells the story himself. Right, I didn't know that. And he went running out to bowl and... Um, or to, I don't know, it was a bat or bowl. If he bowled a massive wide or... or I think he was bowl. Oh, he was batting. No, he was oh, batting. batting. And he was playing all these extravagant <laughs> shots and just missing the ball. Because he was trying to get out. That's right. Yeah. Because he wanted to go and sleep. No, 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 I no. thought that was the he, story. He just couldn't be bothered. He played aggressively uh, okay. because right. of it. Number nine. Yep. Java, me and dad. Oh, I thought he'd be number one, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know his stats. What did he ever drown about? Uh, oh, 53. I think it's 53. I'd have to look him up. Okay. So, But yeah, you're probably right there. Go on. At eight, they got Jazz Callas. Nah. Greatest cricket of all time. Yeah, pretty damn in good. In my opinion. He's pretty damn good. He did average 57 in test Really? Cricket. Well. Yes. I, I knew it was also well up there. Top five for me, Rob. Callas. Okay, here we go. Number seven. Uh, <laughs> Manoj Prabhaka. Couple dev. Oh, yeah. Batsman. <laughs> Come I know. On. Jesus. Well, his batting stats were just okay, weren't they? Well, I mean, no, they're good. If, they were good, but they weren't yeah. anything near. I mean, they've ranked Kapil Dev above Jack Callis, <laughs> who got 13,000 <laughs> test runs of 57. <laughs> Number six, Rahul Dravid. Oh, the wall, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he does average quite highly, I think. 52. Fi- is it 52, is it? Yeah, okay. I, just, yeah. I checked it before. Uh, five, Sir uh, Viv. The Master Blaster. Do you know what? This is quite interesting, mm. Viv. Yeah. Because I think Viv is 50.1 or something. 50.18, I'm pretty sure. Something along yeah. those lines. So yeah. to have him ranked above quite a few, just the way he went about it, I think. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Plus, he, for a long time, he, obviously his fastest test century stood for a very, very long True. time. 57 balls, He's yeah. just loved, could dominate. At four, Ricky Ponting. Yep, in my... I, I refuse to have an, uh, him in my top five, so... Okay. Three, Brian Lara. Can't disagree with that. Can't disagree with that. Two, Tendulkar. Two, no, Don Brebben. <laughs> oh, this, <laughs> the Indian ranking sites win again. Oh, number, number one, Virat Tendulkar. Most votes for Sachin. Oh, votes. Ahead of, ahead of Don Bradman. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> okay, fair. Right. I'm trying to think who was, because you said you had an adamant number one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In my opinion, no. uh, look, ignoring Bradman, like yeah. I said, no, my number one is Brian Lara. Okay. Because this is a guy that really didn't care too yeah. much about it in the Viv mold or uh, mm. whatever. He got 375 against England, mm. the first time world record in Test match cricket. Loved it. Matthew Hayden went out and got 380 against yeah. Zimbabwe. Yeah. At Perth, got dropped 19 times. He was facing the likes of Ray Price. <laughs> <laughs> Guy Whittle, you know these these world class bowlers that the, Zim, yep. the Zimbabweans had. Was this just post Mugabe? No, or this, this is just is, before. Ah, uh, they were struggling at that yeah. time. They had gone yeah, through was, the flowers. The okay. flowers are retired. And, yeah, yeah. They, they were very, very average. Size. Heavily relying on Edo Brandis. <laughs> Edo would have been fifty been about that time. Yeah. yeah, Streaky, I think played, but uh, that would have been about it. It wouldn't mean mm. too many others. Yeah. Anyway, so Hayden went out and got three eighty. Yeah. Brian Lara literally the week later said, right, I'm going to break the record again. And yeah. when I got 400 not out against England. Yeah. He was the that type of batsman that just, bang, no mm. problem at all. I mean, he's, he's got the highest first-class score, mm. 501 yeah. not out. To me, he is just the epitome mm. of the best batsman we have ever seen. Because he could go out and score big scores when he wanted to. I just recently listened to a great podcast of Michael Vaughan talking about the 05 Ashes. And his his 
best batsman was Brian Lara. Yeah. And he said he said he felt that Brian Lara was the only batsman that basically took the piss out of him as a captain. Because no matter where he moved the field, he would just, oh, well, there's a gap there, I'll hit it there now. Yeah, yeah. And he could just exactly do whatever that. he want. That's, that's my feelings exactly. Mm. Um, and just that type of player. Just incredible. Like you say, it could he could hit the ball where he wanted to hit the ball, mm. and he'd hit it hard. He did it soft. He had he was wristy. Yeah, hit it through on and offside. Uh, just remarkable talent. Mm. Um, I met Viv at a at a match that got rained off in about 1990, I reckon, and we were in the pavilion chatting away. He just kept bringing, you know, how's West Indian cricket going, Viv? And he, we got this player, man. Brian Lara, mm. you have to watch out for him. He is the probably the best batsman I've ever seen. Yeah, and he just would not stop talking about Brian Lara. And this was 1990, and well, you know, yeah. rest is history. Basically, That's about from there, I I remember that one of my clearest memories, funnily enough, was actually just the World Series match, uh, Australia v the West Indies, and Lara was in with maybe Keith Arthurton or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, and they needed a hundred off the last ten overs, and back then that was a l- oh, yeah. lot of runs to get off the last ten big overs. Big grounds back then, a big grounds and. And he did it easily. Yeah. Always in a candy. I think Junior Murray came in after. And well, they always him. say, don't they? It's strange. One of the best innings of all time is his 150, 156 against Australia at the SCG. Mm. They say that is the one of the best test innings of all time. It's not your, your 400 not out, your 375 or your mm. the 300 or whatever he got. It's the 156 not out mm. that he just blitzed everything and he just did whatever he wanted to do. Mm. So for me, he's he's definitely, well, I mean, obviously the best I've seen. You know, Tendulkar accumulated a lot of runs, played a lot in India, fast outfield, small grounds against pretty paltry opposition, was a great player of spin, so he did well over there. Mm. Can't argue with his record, though, 200 test matches for a start. Mm-hmm. Here's mine. Look, obviously, Bradman, can't argue with him. I reckon I probably would have bowled him out, though, <laughs> in the modern era. <laughs> uh, Bradman, Lara, Tendulkar. Now, this is going to be controversial. Steve Smith is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think he's going to end up there. He may never play again, though. Yeah, he will. <laughs> um, Steve Smith, number four, because unorthodox, but he's had the, he's probably got the best eye of anyone that's ever played Test cricket, really, because he just see the ball, hit the ball. And mm. it's as simple as that. And he's got his own way of doing it. And But people can't work him out. Nah. It doesn't matter if it's spinning or if it's quick. He hits the ball. He just gets bat and ball. And if you yeah. don't... if you. It's a remarkable technique. Mm. Now, we touched on this before. Number five, Jax Callis. Like I said, 12, nearly 13,000 runs at 57. Mm. That's horrendous. Not bad bowling stats either. 297 test well, I thought he got 350 odd. I'd have to look it up. I don't think he got 300. I think they were trying to get him the 300 right. late on. But number six is Ricky Ponting. Yep. Here's number seven for you. Kumar Sangakara. Yep. I mean, an amazing accumulator. I couldn't run. remember his name last yeah, week. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. We struggled. Did I, have I read six double hundreds? Might even be eight double hundreds. Yeah, nah, something like that. I think they, I thought he got almost three in a row. Quite possibly. Just some ridiculous amount and could bat for days mm-hmm. as well. Uh, eight Viv, nine Sobers, ten. Here's one for you. Virat Kohli. He will be there at the end of his career. Yeah, based on how he's travelling, he should because be there. Because he is, he's just one that also loves batting and just will bat all day if he, if he could. Mm-hmm. Um, great technique, great temperament, and he does it all as captain as well, which, is, I mean, weirdly enough, going through this list, Tendog was a captain, Smith was captain, Callis did a little bit, not huge amounts, Bradman did, wasn't that successful, Ponting obviously, Sangakara was, Viv was, not sure about Sobers, I don't think he did. Captain? And, 
Yeah. Uh, at some point. Probably, yeah, and Coley is as well. So it's quite interesting how these, my top ten is uh, is quite a, quite a lot of captains. A lot in of there. leaders in there, yeah. 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 Well, well, so let's, let's do the outlining. Well, let's have some fun now. Yes. Let's go, for, we've done the top ten in, this, in the munted one. Yeah. Let's go from now 11 up to 40. Okay, yeah, yeah. At 11 is Sangakara. Yes. 12, they've got, um, they had Sir Garfield Sobers. Now they've got just Garfield Sobers. Oh, at twelve. So he's two he's different in, people. He's in to- two. two different people: Sir Garfield Sobers and Sir Gary Sobers and Sobers. Yeah, there's some great comments here, by the way. Oh, um, is there? From someone, there's a. I like him. He is good player in the team, so I can say he is very good player in the cricket. Oh, nice. So that's for educated voter there. Yeah, yeah having a go. Thirteen, Sunil Gavaskar. Sunil Gavaskar. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's that. The, one. I mean, the greatest story of Sunil Gavaskar is he didn't, you know, when he had a in the World Cup in '75, mm-hmm. when he just decided, oh, yeah. we're not going to win. Yeah, I'll just have a, 50, a sixty over net. Yeah, and not even didn't even try. Thirty six not out. Great sixty innings. overs in one day. Fourteen, they got Kevin Peterson. It's a bit high. Uh, yeah, <laughs> obviously not. Hundred tests. I mean. Probably not the 14th best. Yeah, he did play 100 tests, yeah. Gosh. Would have played a few more if he wasn't such an arrogant person. 15, Chris Gale. Test cricket? I think this must just be cricket. Well, no. Because he hardly played that many tests, did he? He played quite a few early on. Okay. But you wouldn't have him up there. I don't even know. He's got a test 300. I don't know what his stats are even. I think his average might be in the 30s. Yeah, I'd have to to look that up. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely got a test 300. You look that one up. I will. I'll keep going on the yeah, list. Yeah, you keep going. Okay, next is 16, they got Verinda Saywag. Well, actually, it's not a bad shout to yeah. score a lot of runs. A lot of runs, and uh, he's got a triple Chris Gale's played well. 103 test matches, Rob. What? Yeah, averaging 42. That's better than I thought. Strike rate of only 60.3, though, which is quite amazing. 15 test hundreds. Martin High Crow score of 333. Yeah. I, th- so I knew he got 300, yeah. yeah. 17, Sanas Jayasuriya. Yep. They're pretty handy. Yep. Eight, 18, they got Adam Gilchrist. Probably. Yeah, I think he averaged 50. Yeah, he did. Yeah, okay. 19, Steve Waugh. Whoa! What is he good for? But amazing that they haven't had any... There's no, no Steve Smith mentioned at all. 20, Inzamamor Huck. Really? Inzamamor. Really? <laughs> no, I don't know. I Come think on. he did all right. I don't be... know if he's in the top 20 of better all time. Pakistan. Mohammed Azarudin has probably got a better average and like, like, test he's, record. He's Indian. True. But <laughs> what I'm saying is Mohammed Azarudin has probably got a better... Anyway. 21, Surav Ganguly. Well, yeah. It says... They call him, they call him Dada? I don't know. Dada rocks. No one could match him. What a great personality. <laughs> what a great captain. Simply spellbound. India's best left-handed batsman. <laughs> Simply spellbound. I love it. Great stuff. Number 22, Alan Border. Yeah, I could go along with that. 23, Imran Khan. Yeah. Imran. Uh, I don't know about this one. 24, Shane Watson. <laughs> Shane Watson. <laughs> Shane Watson at 24, hey? <laughs> Oh, my word. <laughs> he had a hell of a good run for about a year and a half, didn't he? But I don't know if it quite gets him there. 25, Len Hutton. Oh, so Len, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Hashim Amler at 26. they got Len Hutton above uh, Wally Hammond. Yeah, but not above Shane Watson. Not- <laughs> <laughs> yes. 27, WG Grace. <sighs> yeah, okay. Well. When's it, it was 1890-something, wasn't he? Yeah. Whatever. Not interested, really. No. Doesn't stand up for me. Uh, 28, VVS Laxman. Yep. Handy. He's got about 48 average, I think. Mm. 29, they got Mike Hussey. Yeah. Well, you can't argue with his record. Just ahead of Michael Clark at 30. He he averaged 50 odd. 50. Did he? Pretty in the sure. End, yeah. Clark. Yeah. Wow. We got 100 in the last game. Remember with his broken back? Ugh. Came out. 
Yeah. Captain's good. not hero. <sighs> Thirty-one. David Gower. David Gower, lovely. Head of Greg Chapel at 32. See, Greg Chapel's got an amazing record. You don't realise. I know he does. Quite how good a record Greg Chapel well, had. Well, I think actually in one of these other ones, he comes in at number 10. Okay. 35, Muhammad Yusuf. Muhammad Yusuf, yeah. Or yeah. Yusuf Khan. Is he the guy that batted till his 40. Yeah, he was still playing like two years ago. Not long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so. Test career was like twenty-five years long. He had a big break in the middle for match fixing or Ah, alleged match fixing. That's right. And he changed his name, so he was Mohammed Yusuf, and or was he Yusuf Khan? Khan. Or was it the other way around? Yeah, right. That's why I got confused about that. They don't don't have a great variety of names. (laughs) Jack Hobbs at thirty-six. Victor Trumpo. Oh, the Australian, yeah. I've never heard of him. From the 19... Uh, he might have been Grace time, but no, oh, Trumpo yeah. was 1920s, I He's think. got a more sensible haircut. <laughs> Not, your favourite, Matt Hayden, at 38? I can't believe he's below Shane Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't believe it, Rob. Where's Taylor and Slater before Shane Watson? <laughs> Taylor, oh, Mark Taylor. Yeah. 39, Wally Hammond. Four. Again, is he different from Sir Walter yeah, Hammond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's different, again. yeah, yeah. 40, Morally VJ. What? Morally VJ. Okay, good luck. I don't know much about that. Nah. 41, Arthur Morris. Oh, yeah. 42, Graham Gooch. 43, another one for the beef man, Davey Warner. <laughs> he's been found out now, isn't he? <laughs> well, he's got... been found out now. Oh, he's got... Yeah, he's struggling, isn't he? Um, what are they doing? What's the... What's the they're just... Buttling straight. <laughs> 44, they've got Brendan McCullum. That's the first Kiwi. That's the first Kiwi. He, McCullum um, better than Crow? I don't, I don't think he... He finished with an average of 37 or something. McCullum? Yeah, because these keeping days, he never yeah. quite did it. Would he you, might have just hit 40 by the in end. In your valuable New Zealand opinion, was he better than Crow? Martin Crow? Um, as a as a test, technical test batsman, I, you'd say no. He, mm. He'd say no as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, for, just for the sheer fact that someone like Wazzy Macram actually rates Martin Crow as the best batsman ever bowled oh, to. Oh, there you go. And I've heard a couple... I think Walker Eunice said the same thing. Yep. So that's good enough for me. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, look at this. Shahid Afridi at 45. That's a follow. Yeah. Ian Bell, 46. Okay. <laughs> it's not in the top 46 England batsmen, let alone the world. 47, Kane Williamson. <laughs> oh, he's getting there. He's getting a good bat, but I mean... It's going to be dropped, though. But this is someone's not happy about it. Worst batsman and captain I've ever I've seen ever. Don't know why he got man of the series and World Cup 2019 final. It should be given to Rohit Sharma for his world record five tons in a single World Cup. <laughs> know that he is talented, but not more hitman. Hate you, Kane. Love you, Rohit. <laughs> nice comments. Absolute hiding. At least the Sri Lankans like him. At 48, they got Pujara. 49, Jeff Boycott. And 50, and both of them. Just slap the beef in there. <laughs> slap them in. Yeah. They just keep coming. But there's a, it gets a bit of a mess that yeah, towards the yeah, end there, does, I think. Yeah. There's some strange ones. I think the most out of place there amongst them all has got to be Shane Watson. At 24. At 24. He's just done something. <laughs> Shane would have been on the internet like for th- a week straight voting for himself. I, I suspect he's probably just played a T20 tournament at the time this is done and maybe <laughs> yeah. made 100 or something in a game and they're just, just some oh, yeah. bunch That's of Indians gone mental. Definitely. Hi, I'm Rob Cross, and this is 365 Days of Sport. Who is that? Oh, the, the, the welcoming greeting there? Rob Cross. Who's he? 2018 World Darts Champion, Rob. Oh. 
Should have got that. Uh, you want to be a world champion, Rob? Yep. Guess what? <laughs> guess what it is this weekend? Oh, what's the date? It's August. August the 20th. August the 20th. Is it Shrove Tuesday? <laughs> no, that's oh, that's to do with Lent. That's for yeah. Lent, isn't it, or something? Rob. Uh, what? It's Wales' national sport. It's the World Pod Snorkeling Championships uh, this weekend, Rob. Of course, of course. And My favourite sport. Where's that place where they go? The plains. We were crept on for about 10 minutes. Lambworth Dread Wells. <laughs> near the Dragon Farms. In the peat bogs of Mid Wales. <laughs> Um, oh, we're not going to do it again. The worst we? thing is, is people taking bog snorkeling seriously nowadays. What they turn out with? Actually, they're in training, are they? This guy, Neil Rutter from Swindon, English, mm. the English invader. You probably need to explain how the sport works. To okay, people. we dig a sixty-meter-long trench in a peat bog. Is it not? A, it's a natural. Oh, it's already kind of a bog. It's, a, it's and a now bog. you make it a trench, so they then you dig ball. a trench and fill it with yep. whatever water you can find. Yeah, it gets naturally muddy because of the peat. Yep. And the rain, because mm. it's raining in Wales now. Mm-hmm. And um, you basically slap on uh, a snorkel and a mask and a pair of flippers, and you snorkel as fast as you can down the whole length of the trench. There's a pole in the one end of the peat bog. You swim around the pole, you swim back. So it's basically 120 yards, and whoever does it quickest wins. Simple as that, Rob. We're simple people, the Welsh. Race. It's a race. Well, it's an individual it's time a, trial, a time actually. Trial, yeah. This Neil Rutter, he knocked seven seconds off his world record last year. Gosh. He's done the 120 yards in one minute, 18 seconds. Are you allowed to wear flippers, though? Yeah, you are. Yeah. So, so he's been practicing the bloody cheeky, you know. Seven seconds. Off his world record. But he's been practicing swimming, though. You're allowed to practice swimming. You can. I'm not stopping anyone from practicing swimming, Rob. Mm. It's good for you. I never tried doing swimming with flippers, at, really? uh, apart from when I was snorkeling in Fiji yeah. one time. Oh, how cold is it there now? Oh, it's cold. This is just, no matter what it's cold. This is Wales, Rob. Yeah. Water does not naturally occur warm. It's generally freeze in mid Wales as well. Mid Wales is still glacial. What? <laughs> it is. Well, I, well, no, I don't want to do that then. We were going to do this. I know we were. Gonna we do were going to do. It this. was the first cab off the rank. I was going to be world champion. It was opening day. Well, no, because at the time, if you recall, I was a regular swimmer. You were. And I was a, you I was a machine, it. actually. You could have been a world champion, right? I could have done quite well. I, yeah, yeah, I was really quite quick. So Sunday, 25th August, sees the 34th World Bog Snorkeling Championships held in Lamwetred Wells, mm. in mid-Wales, near the Dragon Farms. Mm-hmm. In an event that the Lonely Planet described as one of the top 50 must-do things from around the world and one of the UK's strangest traditions. Hundreds of participants from around the world and plenty of spectators are expected once again. So, um, in 2018, the bog snorkelers included participants from Germany, Sweden, Republic of Ireland, Czech Republic, Australia, mate. And apparently there's somebody from Perth that's entered this year, I believe. So, uh, Do they set up a proper stall with which you can serve a nice ale? Of sorts. Oh, oh yes. Yeah? It's definitely near a pub. Good. In fact, I'm pretty sure the crowd that put on these events are based at a pub. The Green Man, I think it's called. The Green Man? I think it is. The Green is. Man's in uh Well, there's a few Green Mans. Okay. It's an awesome thing, World Bog Snogging Championship. It normally gets on the telly year after year because it's so mad. And what is, what is, what is it? Hundred, how long for 110 metres? 120 yards. About 110 metres, yeah. Yeah. One minute eighteen is the new world record from last year. But like I said, One this guy's starting 18. to take it seriously now. Yeah, well, that's that's flying. But he, like you say, he did have flippers on there and back. That oh, that is flying, but with the flippers and a snorkel. But it's cold and it's boggy and apparently it smells and you yeah. can't really see where you're going. Yeah, that would be the major thing. 
it's good fun. So uh, I'm going to be honest. It is Wales' national sport, and I've never been to the World Bogslogging Championships. Mm-hmm. I'm de- I was gutted when we didn't go. You know, it worries me sometimes how often you have to declare that you're going to be honest. Because you say it quite regularly. Do I? It makes me think that maybe when you don't declare it, you might just be making up rubbish. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Hey, um, bewitching hour already, Rob. We've got to thank Jack Link's what? Beef Jerky oh, that's for being it. the best beef jerky on the planet and looking mm. after us. Yep. And we've got to thank Macedo Australia for being the best sportswear in Australia. Yep. Cheapest price, best quality. Mm-hmm. They will even give your club money to buy more gear. It informs a sponsorship, Rob. Absolutely brilliant. Unbelievable. Yeah. What are you doing this weekend? Well, i Seeing as got... you're single and ready yeah, to mingle. Yeah, well, I'm booked in for... Um... Well, it's effectively a baby shower, but really it's just everyone's going to the pub. Oh, it's an excuse. And like not a good pub, like a pretty rank pub called the Ross Town. Although yep. out the front, they've done a reasonable job of it. We checked okay. that out. Yeah, it's got a subway and, next door. And they've got... A, huh? got a subway next door do a, a subway as in chicken sandwich, sandwich rolls yeah yeah right okay well i don't think i don't think we'll be having that okay but uh, we're going to that and then i've got to go to um something yeah oh, i'm going to watch a gig after that oh yeah and then sunday i think i'm filming working Ooh, nice oh yeah you are too yeah Remember that? Um, what am I doing? Nothing. I'm productive. Yeah, you are. Unlike, I don't know what you're up to. No, not much. You're doing nothing. What about commentary? Oh, uh, there's a fallout, Rob. There's been a oh, fallout. Oh, no. There's been a fallout, and the beef's not happy, and I've told them where to go. Oh, gosh. And as you know, Rob. What are the, are the people? Beef, has there been an uprising? A beef scorned is a beef. Yeah. As a not no, happy beef. So, it's gone. Uh, so I've got better things to do in my time than uh, deal with those. Uh, well, that's a. Uh, I mean, that's pretty. Oh, well, I'm not happy about this actually. No, I mean, you put in the hard yards. I did bailed them out. That's 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 my my exact issues that I raised. I've actually helped them out and dug them out of a hole. Yeah, and then they've yeah done the wrong thing by me. Yes, and when you do the wrong thing by the beef, bad things happen. <laughs> bad no, yes. things happen. It'd be abuse on Facebook pages. Uh, well, there's been a fallout. People have uh, have revolted. That's for sure. They've Good. they've gone. What's going on here? Where is the beef? Where is the man we come to love and trust with yeah. our rugby commentary? Well, you was established. You'd, exactly right. You'd gone. You had your, your fan base was solid. I know. Can't, it just it's, just makes sense. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not happy with this news. No, I don't this think anyone news. is. Don't think anyone is, Rob. Well, it's freed up a few hours on your Saturday. Yeah, I yeah. bet things to do in the time. Yeah, you can play darts, throw some axes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's coming up the finals. Finals next week, Rob, for Good. axe throwing. So uh, I could be Melbourne axe throwing champion as well next this time next week. Do you reckon you will actually be? Got a good chance. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I am. Anyway, this has been another fun-filled edition of 365 Days of Sport. It is episode 126. Thank you, sports fans. We'll see you next week.